Your favorite Monday morning event, Johnny. It's a new release of a new talk about that. Oh, we're doing it again. Crowds of people cheer in Throngs. exultation, lifting their collective voices in a cry for more talk about that. You love to hear it. You do. I don't hear it. I don't hear it either. I'm not sure it's happening. <laughs> Verbosity, though, is They're like hit a button somewhere on a digital device and we're like, see, <laughs> we feel the endorphin rush from it. You know, we do have more uh, listeners right now. A lot of, we we are at our record month of downloads, so that's good. Uh, yeah, we talked about that uh, at lunch today. About like, well, do we? How do we? Do we want to keep moving forward with what we've been talking about? Do we want to try to keep it lighter? And then, like, I don't want to lose people because I know some people get fatigued if it gets whatever quote unquote political. I was on another podcast yesterday talking about like political usually means. You didn't agree with my position. Like nobody ever gets accused of being political, right? If they're pro your position, they're yeah. always like it's the minute like you tread on their whatever their sacred cow is, right? They're like, oh boy, here we go. You're getting political. He's getting political. Uh, and I think that's interesting because I mean, like we talked about last week, like almost every issue is political. But anyway, all that said, we uh, we're back, and John still has a box of pork rinds at I'm the sorry. end of his desk. It's still to, there. I need to dispose of those. Those were given to the church. Is that what happened? What I is think that? Those were expired ones that couldn't be given out. So they you got them at the food bank or whatever? They made it to my What are office. pork rinds doing at a food bank anyway? I don't know. I don't know. Someone Does cared that, enough that's about not, me. That's not nourishment. Because a keto, they know that would be something I would enjoy, but I'm yeah. not. Johnny, I don't know. I'm, Least I'm, of all, a stale pork rind. Hey, John. Here, dip you eat this garbage. Cheese sauce. Yeah. Is that what you do? Pork rinds and cheese? Well, like if you go to a Mexican restaurant and you can't eat the chips, you take pork rinds for the salsa and for the you cheese. You take cup. them with you? Well, you you take outside rinds? I do. I do. Sometimes I hide them out of shame. Like I'll put, I used to hide them. Now I'll put them on the table. Like, what are they going to do? Like, you can't bring that in here. Like, in the beginning of keto, yes, I would hide. I'd like hide them in Laura's purse and reach down into the purse and get some. You know, and, what a weird. You know, I know it's such a strange. You're reaching into your wife's purse for contraband chips. Yeah, because you know you didn't want to feel like you're not. Even though the chips are free, what like, is I your, like I'm, What is your stance on movie theater outside candy? Oh man, because I want this is not like it's not. Is this a sin issue? But if they have a rule against it and you violate it, is that sin? I don't know. So it's, uh, it's, it's a movie theater policy. Um, is it a law though? Uh, to me, it's like <laughs> the prices are so high, John, and it's ten for ten at Walgreens to get like some milk duds. Ten for ten. You buy ten packs of milk duds. What I do is <laughs> I eat five in the movie and I take five home. No. <laughs> But I'm saying it's a dollar versus yeah. $5 for the same milk duds. Yeah, but you That's don't... a savings of almost $4. <laughs> I was told to be, I get your abacus out. You know, I know that, um, I'm not going to say who, mm-hmm. but in our family, there may be one of the adults <laughs> in the marriage right. who has been known to have... The adults that you're married to? They're ma- yes, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, within the, one of the adults you're married within to, within the marriage that exists in my home, yeah, 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 that there may be one of the partners in the marriage, yes. who who has before brought outside contraband into movie theaters because this person has more compartments mm-hmm. in said clothing slash flasks. No, she doesn't bring <laughs> flasks in. <laughs> well, they don't sell this. <laughs> Have a little <laughs> sip of this. I can see her filling her flask with cherry cola or whatever she get. At the, no, but like, 
I'm just saying, I'm yeah. not, but I'm not here to condemn or criticize. Right. I'm not even naming who it is. Jimmy. No. And her, her initials are Laura Driver. I was going to say her identity is completely <laughs> hidden from yeah. view, so totally safe here. Yes. I don't know, man. Like, it's one of those, it's kind of like speeding, Johnny. Where do you draw the line, though? Like, I would buy a popcorn because I prefer the movie theater popcorn. I've seen people sneak in their own microwave no, popcorn. No, no, she has to have theater popcorn. Yeah, because it's Listen, fresh. Laura goes nuts about theater popcorn. Yeah. You know, they have the little, you're, you dispense your own butter station now. Sure, you know? sure. So when we go over there. I don't understand what we thought. About, I think that's about fatigue on the part of the consumer of the of the of the, the base, the franchise, because clearly Americans should not <laughs> be given the responsibility of dispensing their own butter. I think it's kind of like because you're standing there watching more, kind of more. They're like, finally, you do it yourself. Do it yourself, big guy. fatty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the pump. We go over there, and for Laura, it's all yeah. about equal distribution of butter in, in equal parts. Sure, you do the layer. And so she pours out. She'll some, now she has done this. She'll bring plastic baggies sometimes. She'll pour out half the popcorn just so she can get onto it halfway a down, napkin but, or something. Okay. Yeah, and we'll butter then the bottom, shake it up, add a layer, butter yeah. it, shake it up, and like so. This equal distribute. Like you do not want to cross her. What if I the do butter is, is all on top. I stay at the pump. I take a huge mouthful of popcorn, then I get under the pump, <laughs> squirt the butter. Same, and I do it until it's Isn't all it gone. Isn't it funny that we make fun of you for that? That's exactly what we're doing. We're just the same delaying thing. it. Yeah. yeah, It's like that scene in Tommy Boy where he eats the fries and then squirts the ketchup packet into his mouth. Yeah. And David Spade goes, I can hear you getting fatter. What's the difference? It's what we yeah. do on the table. Well, I want to get rid of all this food shaming. There Look. is food shaming that is remarkable. For instance, if someone put ketchup on their mashed potatoes... That's weird. Like, what are you? Is that a Why? pregnancy What's thing? What's wrong with you? Yeah. But if you put it on, put your, ketchup on your fries, another potato. Just a, it's a potato, just in a different form. That's totally normal, guys. We are here to break down the walls of. If someone put ketchup on their bacon, crazy. If you put ketchup on your bacon cheeseburger, amazing. Amazing. Wow. See. Yep. It's just like you just I added something to it. And what about? The things we eat at certain meals. Put gravy on your biscuit. You're crazy. Gravy on your toast. Wait, gravy on your biscuit's good. Right. Gravy on your toast. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah. You're nuts. Or like, uh, there used to be, Gaffigan used to have a bit about wine in a wine glass is like sophisticated wine and any other thing is like, you're an alcoholic. Like if you see somebody drinking wine out of a coffee cup, you're like, okay. (laughs) What's wrong with this? That's a Yahtzee shaker. (laughs) (laughs) You've got a problem. Just because it's not like a clear globular, you know, it's shaped. It's nice. Globular. It's globular. I like that. You like that? It's a goblet, if you will. (laughs) We need, like if you drink Diet Coke out of a goblet, that's a little bit weird. Isn't it? Yeah. Diet Coke needs to be out of like a solo cup or a little plastic tumbler. Wow. If you put Diet Coke in a, like a wine glass, that's like, who do you think you are really? Yeah. Isn't it? Wow, we isn't just it decided funny? these rules. Nobody knows why. You ever tried to drink water out of a coffee cup? My dad would do stuff like that. Yeah. I can't do it. It's strange. Ice water in like a coffee mug yeah. feels like dirty. They, they do it in... Uh, they do it on uh, talk shows, but that's because they don't want you to see what's in, you know, they don't want you to see the liquid, I guess. So all like you see like Fallon, he'll drink from a and it's always water. I hope it's water. I think it's water. <laughs> surely it's not. Surely he's not drinking coffee on the. I would decaf. Just drink a hot coffee. Oh yeah, while you talk to guests. I don't know. You know, it's a, it's just that weird it's that weird like expectation of 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 your pattern. You mm-hmm. know, whatever your pattern is in right. your mind. Wow. You ever be in the bathroom and you want to drink a water, but you go to the kitchen for the good water? Yeah. Same water. Yeah. Unless you're like filtering at the pump, which people don't really do that anymore. 
What? Right. Well, we get ours out of the filtered refrigerator. Filtered refrigerator. Yeah. But I'm saying even back before filtered water, I remember going to the kitchen for the good water. But see, I worked outside my whole life, and it was not uncommon on a really, really hot day all the time to go to the hose outside. Yeah. Or as some of us taste, You taste the hose in the water, too. Yeah. As the heat is breaking down the rubber particles. Like, who knows why we don't all have cancer? Right. We're just drinking hose water. (laughs) It's got plastic beads in it. Man, I can remember I can remember like weed eating all day and stopping at a somebody else's apartment who had a hose. I'd mm-hmm. be weed eating around their apartment building and stop and like hose my head down. And you didn't ask permission. Mouth. It was just a given that they you're they're okay with yeah. the hose being. Yeah, because I was dying. You know, it was yeah. like you know. But yeah, you just you just think. But if the hose was inside, yeah, which would be weird. Yeah, why would there be? A- <laughs> but if it was, like you'd think, you know, like when you right. get to that table, I mean. Yeah, it's very strange. What we used to do, by the way, Johnny, is we would take old two-liter bottles okay. and old gallon jugs, fill them up with water, put them in the deep freeze. Yeah. This is how we did it. So that our whole crew of 20 people. Oh, and over the 50. course of the day, it would melt yeah. down. Yeah. And so by like, you know, mid-morning, you set it out and, and you start to get water. Of course, we'd all drink out of the same ones because it was a yeah. family business and stuff. No telling. What, what you're all. saying is your family started Corona. What I'm saying is, guys, <laughs> we're spreading disease right now, somehow. But we would have a lot of people that weren't family working. And, you know, you kind of, yeah. I don't even remember thinking about it being a big deal. It's uh, your tribe. It's this community. Yeah. You're like, and you drink out of that thing all day long, even though it had like a Dr. Pepper sticker on it or whatever. Yeah. Know? And, uh, and it's tap water you put in there too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. And you know what? Do you know what? Can you drink tap water now? Sure, yeah, sure I can. Yeah. It is different. Though. Not in Florida. You taste the alkaline. When in I go it, to Florida, the... I can't. I can't handle. I can't handle the Florida. What is, water. Oh, because it smells or whatever. It's got the Florida sulfur. water has got. Yeah, it's very sulfuric. Yeah, so it's like you're drinking Globular. water. You drink water, but you smell a fart. <laughs> you're like, am I drinking a fart? You can't get it out of your mind, right? Even though you know you're not, because it's an impossibility. Yeah, how do you? Right, I've right. tried. That's an old children's book that I almost wrote called "How Do You Drink a Fart." <laughs> <laughs> it's right after who moved my cheese who cut kids. the cheese <laughs> <laughs> who cut cheese into my water yeah um you know lar laughs so i like sandwiches okay okay but a sandwich has to be a special event for me and, and it's so funny it's childhood so we grew up guys and you probably heard my history my dad ran a commercial lawn care business in addition to being a principal of yeah. a 5A high school in Nashville, assistant principal, teacher for 30 years. So I don't know how he did it in addition to being a pastor. And he would get up in the morning sometimes at like four, drive the big truck with the lawnmowers out to a site, leave it there for the crew, go to school, mm-hmm. work at school as a principal, do a basketball game that night, but come and mow in the afternoon like, and come move our truck when we, you know, some of us were Move it site to site. Yeah. Because we had seven apartment complexes. And so this is my whole life. And these people all couldn't drive the truck because what, they had DUIs? Some I don't of, understand why <laughs> they to do this. Some of us weren't old enough as part okay, of it. Yeah. yeah. And so like when I and plus so was- child, like, So child labor. Oh, I was working at nine. <laughs> at nine, I started blowing sidewalks. And uh, then at 11, I started And weeding. then at 11, they gave you a blower. I started weeding. <laughs> you were just <laughs> manually. I had this. That's where I developed that asthma. It's um, terrible. Yeah. And so I like, I started weed eating, you know, full days and stuff at 11. And uh-huh. all the way, like even in college, I'd come home in the summers. I'd come home, I needed money. All the way up to like three, four years ago. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe five years ago. And so when dad finally his health, you know, we couldn't run the business and he was ready, you know, to retire from that. But I'd go out there and help him and, and work. I still enjoy it. Like I miss it now. Your I, dad worked hard, man. Like a, like, I don't know why we say work like a dog. All my dogs are lazy. That's true. Like why they do we lay say around that? the house all day, but my dad worked hard. So like, 
I have all these experiences, and we would stop mm-hmm. in the middle of the day, and we'd make sandwiches. They'd bring sandwich meat and lunch meat yeah. and you know bread, and you would make sandwiches. Johnny, these are the components of a sandwich. I'm not yeah. sure if you're aware. Think, can you explain to me again how do you make a sandwich? <laughs> you take your gravy, and, and so like dad – we would stop, and some piece of equipment was, was always old equipment. Some piece of equipment was broken. Right. We sit under the trees, and Dad's fixing something. We're just covered in grease my whole life, covered yeah. in grease, you know, fixing old equipment. And it was so much fun in some ways. Like we would, it was like these really. There's still very fond memories. We'd yeah. laugh, and we'd have like this thirty. Yeah, minute, there's a community to it. Yeah, a totally thirty minute break together, and you know, we're all gross and sweaty. My mm-hmm. brother, my sister, all of us working together. Like it was a big family thing. And so my mom, my mom was one of the best lawnmowers, trimmers that we had, you know. And so, and dad and I were the weed eater guys. Yeah. So my dad and I had like this special bond on weed eating. And so I remember though, like that's work food. Yeah. Sandwiches are work food. It's like a reward for hard work. Well, it's not that. It's work food. It's, 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 I know I want to use this term. It's like dirty food. My hands, you don't wash your hands. Yeah. Hands are covered in grease. You just eat the sandwich. Yeah. Maybe a couple. And and you have a couple. You've eaten oil. Right. Many, many you times. You don't worry about it. Quarts of oil. Have you a, over a, the course of your a life. nutter butter afterwards, whatever, like uh-huh. just horrible food. No wonder I couldn't lose weight. I was working all these hours. But yeah. You know. And so like now we'll be in the middle of the day. And I actually have finally gotten over the first like 15 years of marriage. Yeah. Laura's always like, she did it yesterday. We have this conversation all the time. Uh-huh. Like last night I was like, I'm super hungry and I don't know why. And she says, go eat some lunch meat. Like she always says that. Go, just go eat some yeah. lunch meat. And it's like. It's an insult. For real, I'm like, I don't, I don't want to go in there and just start cramming cold lunch meat. Yeah. Because I know, but in, in yeah. truth, she's right. That's yeah. the easiest way to satiate the hunger. Yes. Without making a meal. Yeah. But that's work food. Mm-hmm. Like I just don't. It's interesting. I don't just go make sandwiches. I so just you don't. think you've risen above the sandwich? I don't know. I don't know what it is. But you would get a sandwich at a restaurant. Hot sandwich. Here, to me, yeah, key, you're right. The key cold, is cold yeah, sandwich. Cold I don't do cuts. a lot of cold sandwiches. Cold cheese. Ugh, yep. I don't like cold She'll cheese. She'll do a cold melt sandwich. The, melt that cheese. Sadie makes cold sandwiches. I don't know, man. It's like, and it's not you, like it's a bad memory. It's just I'm not, unless I'm outside, I don't do You've been ruined for sandwiches. I don't, I don't Your know. dad said something to me one time when he was talking about retiring from the school, from the principal job. He, uh, I can't remember how it came up. He goes, I'm on the fence. And I go, well, yeah, I know it's tough. You've been doing this a long time. And he goes, he goes, Johnny, if I, then he decided to do it. And, I, and this is when he had decided to do it. And I said, so you're just going to hang it up. And he goes, if I told you, remember this? He goes, if I told you, I'd give you a dollar to come to work or 50 cents to stay home. <laughs> which one would you take? And I didn't even have to think about it. You know, <laughs> I was like, if you give me 50 cents right now, and I mean, that's not, that's not even the rate. That's not even the real number, but I would take 50 cents. Right. Uh, and he was like, that's kind of where we're at now with retirement. So it was just kind of a funny way. I'd never heard it put that way. Well, because dad worked for Metro schools back yeah, when Yeah, pension and all that. Yeah. Right, yeah. Pensions were a totally different ball game. You right. Know? And so he, yeah, he, but I remember when dad retired, what, 2000, we had just gotten married. Like it wasn't too many years after we'd been married. So 2000, probably three or four. Yeah. You know, and he went on to work his other two jobs, you know, like for, I mean, it was like, I, I remember him saying one day, I don't see how I found time to go to work. I have so much work to do. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he. Well, he's that guy, too, that just he would find other things to do. If you the time and you're that way, if there's more time, you have an urgency to fill it up with yeah. things, you know. Uh, so I just I don't whatever that is. I don't have that. Well, yeah, it's super uncomfortable for me to be not productive. Yeah. That's actually part of my 
growth. I've I've learned yeah a lot better. Like especially at night. Like look at it, it, Laura and I have a lot of routines. There's a time with me and Sadie and Laura, mm-hmm. whether it's watching America's Got Talent, sometimes we play Uno, sometimes, you know, right. like whatever that is, we're going to have this hour, right. hour and a half. And you didn't make anything and you didn't do yep. anything that really mattered other than being with your family. And I still get phone, like I had to take a call of the night. Yeah. There's just a lot of calls right now. There's a uh-huh. lot of stuff going on. And I missed the time. If I do, I acknowledge it. Yeah. I'll come and go, Sadie, I know that's our time and I'm really sorry and I rarely have to miss it. I had to take this. And, like instead of just acting like that's normal, I make sure I try to make a point that's not normal or what I want. So I, I will apologize to her because it's her time. Yeah, with me. That's good. Um, in fact, right now, one thing COVID has done, and we talked about this before. Sadie doesn't want to run with me quite a bit. She's doing a lot of, of working out for her beach volleyball and other stuff. You yeah, know? but she doesn't really want to run with me much. She wants to walk. Mm-hmm. And so we were running a little she bit. She wants to be able to talk to you yeah. as you go. So I said, look, I'm creating her summer schedule. I said, one thing I'm mandating we're going to do is me and you take a walk every day. And she was like, oh, daddy. I lo-. Like, she's so excited. And it, it just warms my soul. Right. We go and she talks the whole time and I talk. And she actually listens. We're at that age now. She's about to turn 12. So you can have actual dialogue. Yeah. Like the other day we walked really far all the way, like probably two miles to the boat ramp and back, you know, kind yeah. of thing. And the conversation, she asked me, by the way, about communism. She wow. asked me about fascism. I didn't bring up the word. I'm yeah. not even sure where she got fascism. She asked me about. Imperial- she saw the patch on your jacket. She's <laughs> like, what does this patch mean, daddy? What's a communist? <laughs> she said she wanted to know about uh, imperialism yeah. like she didn't call it that but she said what about emperors i think she called emperorism uh-huh. like this was just on our walk i couldn't keep up and I, in fact i couldn't stop and write down all the things she asked me about it was unbelievable like nice. she was she was going through that's how i was i was so inquisitive as a kid yeah i wanted to know the reason for everything and we, it's so funny we were talking i had dinner with my agent and his wife the other day and with at CAA, my agent, so he's like, you want to come over for dinner? So we go over to the house, and his wife is a counselor. Yeah. Uh, she's a family counselor. And so about halfway through the conversation, she started asking me questions. She was like, tell me more about that. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I could feel myself kind of being counseled, you know? Uh-huh. Why do you think that is? Yeah. Oh, was your dad like that? And I was like, oh, boy. And I uh-huh. stopped her. I was like, all right, lady. And we <laughs> joked about it, you know. But then she said something about her son, who's five. She said that he is a smasher. She yeah. goes, he's not a builder; he's a smasher. Uh-huh. And so we've had to kind of adapt his the way the way you know we're trying to teach him about with his yeah. toys and to respect things and all that. And it wasn't like it was bad; it was just like that's the compartments that she put chi- children in. And I'd never heard that before. And I was like, oh my gosh, I was a total smasher as a kid. Really? I, if I had a, if I found something. I would figure out how many parts was in it, and I would take it apart. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I would put it back together, but sometimes it would be about taking it apart just for the sake of it. In fact, I tore my books, like the children's books you would get. I would tear the pages out of them. Like before I could, like the the ones with just pictures that your parents would read to you, you know, one, two years old. And then one time my mom told me that I, she got one that was made of cloth and they were supposed to be indestructible because the pages were cloth. Yeah. And she says she came in on into my crib one day or whatever, or my old toddler bed or day bed, and I had laid, all the pages were torn out and laid end to end. And I was so happy. And I was showing her, look what I did. Wow. Like I deconstructed this, mom. And so I started thinking about it and I was like, and, I, and before I knew it, I was like counseling myself because uh-huh. she's just saying this about her kid. Uh-huh. She was just telling us about her son. And I was like, 
oh my God, I'd never heard that term before, smasher. And I go, I'm still a smasher. Yeah. It's my job. You deconstruct. Everything I do is deconstruction. And uh, I like to think I'm building because, wow, I built a new hour of material. I'm building the show. Yeah. But the show is built on deconstruction of like whatever social norms are or, you know, men and women are different and here's the ways and et cetera. Every dumb thing. Even when we talk on this show, we're deconstructing racial uh, issues. We're deconstructing why we feel the way we feel about things. And a minute ago, we just deconstructed why we eat certain things at certain times of day. Yep. Like, I'm a smasher, just that's the way. So when you say that about Sadie, that's what she is. She's a smasher, even though she may not be destructive, but her mind is a smasher. She wants to know know why. Yeah. It's interesting, too. So I know you don't ascribe to all these things, but I I think, I mean, I think we're far enough now I could say this. I think you're an Enneagram 6 with probably a really strong 7 wing. Yeah. Because I'm a 6. I think you and I have often. Yeah. you are going to be more fun than me. That's your strong way more, way more. You're going to have, <laughs> you got your strong, You're very fun, John, your strong seven wing. And, and a seven. I feel less guilt about fun than you do. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because I have a strong, I have probably equal seven and five wing. I mean, yeah. I got a seven, but five is very like an, analytical and you probably have some five too. A lot I of think five. I can have fun and be like, man, that was fun. And I think you have the fun and go, man, that was fun. What could I have been doing with that time that would leave <laughs> a relic for the next generation man, or whatever? What did my leg, see how did it affect it <laughs> yeah it's it, it's a but the thing about me and it's not all again all sixes aren't the same kind of thing but from what you were saying the big word for me even in my recovery program I'm yeah. in, is safety uh-huh. and, and it's not because i'm not courageous i do a lot of really courageous things let me tell you something i, I pitched a book and got turned down by the way by one publisher it's at two more it still hurts yeah it still hurts, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I still pray and I still like it, you know, I told someone, well, got rejected. It's still probably one yes. It used to be one yes to every 50 no's. And yeah. now it's probably one yes to every 15, you know, no's. It's still a lot more no's. And, um, but loyalists is what six is. And uh-huh. Loyalists, it's kind of a deceptive term. They're super loyal to, to people, but they're also super loyal to systems as long as, they trust the system to be just, mm-hmm. but they will actually deconstruct. So you remember me at the staff table a lot, okay? Mm-hmm. And you and I both did this when you were on staff here. This has been something I've had to grow healthier in. Yeah. My first inclination as someone who, um, what I say is, is, is I'm forecasting. Right. And I see things. When someone brings an idea, immediately you see my the 99 mind, problems yeah, ahead. I go a mile ahead of where you're thinking yeah. and start thinking of all that could go wrong, which is very... It could be very, very critical, and can, that's the negative side. It could right. be very, um, like, n- I don't listen anymore to the fullness, or I don't yeah. allow it to breathe for a second, you know? Right. I just immediately start pointing out what's wrong with it. So I had to stop doing that so much. Like, I even say that. We're going to have a meeting, just good, just ideas. We may not take them all, but let's not shoot them down. Let's yeah. just let it, you know, let it, let it ride. That's really for me, <laughs> you know, because I know I'm the first one. And so, um, but... If if I begin to perceive a system that I'm that, – because systems bring me safety. Yeah. Okay? So if I see a leadership issue that I'm a part of mm-hmm. or I see a system I've helped to create that has something out of alignment in it, it becomes unsafe for me. This is not going to sustain us. So I'm the first one within the system to be loyal to the people to help them – You know, and, and they can have as much – 
uh, as many faults as they want. Yeah. It doesn't bother me for people to have faults. It really, really doesn't. It's when your faults, you, when you're not willing to look at them and how they affect our system together. <laughs> yeah. Then I get super now defensive of the system and I will p- want to push us forward to mm-hmm. go, we got to look at this, but it's really, and, and, and some of that helps the organization, but some of that is I'm not safe until you and I are both on the same page in this system. Right. So it is a deconstruction. It's a, we're, I'm not going to let this, because I can see, and I'll tell Andrew all the time, and he'll, he'll probably laugh when he listens to this. In my mind, yeah, a lot of things that have gone wrong over the years, I predicted two years early. Uh-huh. And then I get super defensive when it finally happens and nobody listened to me. And then I get all, I told you so, I told you so, I uh-huh. told you so. Which is a really mature, wonderful place Absolutely. to be. People it's love it the when best you do in that. relationships. Yeah. You want to be saying, but it's, it's not because I want to be right. It's because mm-hmm. that's my role here. It's uh-huh. how I can't, I'm made this way to say, hey guys, we're going to, you know, I mean, there, we lost a lot of people out of the church over the years. There was a time, even when I was still the youth pastor, that I looked at the staff and said, we will lose every single one of these families, and I named them. Yeah. We will lose these families, and I'm telling you why. I'm telling you because I can see issues with, with the way we've done youth ministry, that I can see issues with right. their commitment. I can see that the moment this situation changes, it's not a safe system. The moment the situation changes, there's not enough other things left to hold them. I'm telling you. And I would go to the families and tell them. I'm, I'm beg- I didn't know, though, how to put it into healthy terms or lead them to something better. I just yeah. knew it was wrong. For years, Andrew and I both, it would drive me crazy. I knew something was wrong because I'd taken it apart. And I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know, though, how to put it back together better you yeah. know, at that time in life. And I'm learning now. And by the way, they all have. Yeah. Minus one. I think, I think probably out of 20, 19 of them did. And then you walk, you, and it's very like unnerving because now you feel like you need to be the watchdog. Like that's my role here is to right. be. You know, I'm the gatekeeper of, but, yeah. yeah. And then you become prideful and, and you become paranoid. And you, so there are healthy places to go. I can't control it. That, that, that's yeah. the healthy place. I can't control all that, but there is there are parts I can affect. So just interesting how that plays. Yeah, it's heavy. And like you said, I think that I see that because even the way we're dealing now with uh, the, the racial conversation in America, we were talking about this at lunch about how uh, there was a podcast I, that I watch and it, there was a white host uh, who's a comedian named Neil Brennan and he was saying, you know, at this point, you have to either look at the data and say, I believe in white supremacy or I believe the system is rigged. Like you really have to fall in because the data shows mass incarceration. Right. The data shows poverty. It shows all these things. And you either have to go, the system is broken or white supremacy is real. And the reason that's, in other words, the people that go, well, they're being imprisoned more because they're committing more crimes. Like you either have to fall on that side of the thing of like, this is just a, a lesser population and they're, they're, they're acting on their own. Like they're fulfilling the, they're doing the dance of their own DNA mm-hmm. yeah. or the system we put in place has led to these results. And you can't really, that's, that's the conversation that you and I are having. Right. We're having for the first time go, wow. And so that's why, so I agree with you by saying um, when the system made me feel safe, I could ignore these things. And now I feel like the system is causing this. Yeah. So I am not going to be loyal in the same way that I told you this. If there's a theme that we keep coming back to, which I think some people are uncomfortable with in this podcast, 
it's what I would call jingoism, what some people call nationalism. I would call a a farther move past nationalism to what they call jingoism, which is where you just kind of invoke the name of America for like points. Mm-hmm. And you kind of create a fear of anyone that's not with you, where you're with us or you're against us, love it or leave it. You create those false uh, narratives and those false dichotomies. Mm-hmm. And we have a f- running theme in this show of like that that jingoism got weaved into the tapestry of evangelical culture. And we're now reaping the harvest of that. Yep. Because it feels like when you attack this, you're attacking America. You're attacking American ideals when it's like, no, 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 no. This is about the kingdom. This, I'm showing you a kingdom principle, and it happens to now conflict with what you thought was American culture. But I can show you now that it's not even – it's just a mirage you've been sold. So what I'm saying is I'm coming to grips with people matter more than those systems. Yeah. And I'm willing to part ways, even if it means I lose friends. So I'm loyal to people, but when I see that an idea or a system is corrupt and, it's, and, and it needs to be fixed – I go, let's reverse course. Like, that's what progress is. We can't sell that. And you're saying that, yeah. I can be loyal to imperfect, imperfect people. I cannot be loyal to injustice. Mm -hmm. And there's that, I think there's the line. And I think this term systemic is so key. It gets thrown around a lot. You and I were talking at lunch about this. And my wife and I were talking yesterday. Systemic thought is almost antithetical to modern evangelical Christian thought. Most, even into the, to theology. If you ask people today, think about the terms you hear in church over our lifetime. Mm -hmm. Okay. Especially late eighties through nineties and how this affected us. Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Those are the terms and they're good terms. Yeah. Have you, have you asked Jesus into your heart? Have you, like, it, there's this, and I was having this conversation with a staff member yesterday. You know, I stopped saying that to people now as a pastor. And it's, it may seem like semantics to somebody, but I realized somewhere along the way, if I really believe the Bible, then the subject of the sentence is never me in terms of the initiation to the things that regenerate a life. Yeah. If I was dead in my trespasses when Christ came and died, dead people don't take action. Yeah. So yeah, I, had, I didn't meet God halfway. Right. It wasn't like yeah. <laughs> we're running to each other across a field and yeah. he comes running, I come running and then we meet <laughs> and, the, and then he saved me. It's like, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. You were buried six feet under and he dug you up yeah. and, and breathed life into you. That's the message of the gospel. And it's super like. People go, well, it, it, yeah, they go, why does it matter? Well, it matters because if you believe that you had a role, then you believe that you can have a bigger role and you believe that the person next to you who's not doing as much, they're go. less saved than you. They need, That's what comes from that yeah. systemic thought. Yeah. That thought we always, that question you always ask, do you really believe someone out there needs grace more than you do? Uh, do you really, you ask yourself the honest question. Yeah. The answer is for most of my life, Absolutely. I never would have theologically said it, but emotionally, I certainly was there. And so like now what I say is, is, you know, when I answered Jesus's invitation, when he invited me into life, Mm -hmm. I did have a role to answer. I could have said, no, I don't want that. Yeah. You know, but I didn't initiate, you know, the conversation, but that's, that's the difference. And there's actually a lot out of like the Greek Orthodox and some of the more, um, 
liturgical traditions that go back in, in, in the Eastern, we're from the Western church, whether, whether Protestants realize it or not, we're mostly an offshoot. Protestant comes out of the Western Catholic tradition mm-hmm. and then obviously broke away. The Eastern church sort of acknowledges more of the collective systemic Christianity, mm-hmm. systemic gospel thoughts, which, which, is is not just about individual. It doesn't take away the individual's need to respond. But if you think about the way God spoke in the Old Testament a lot, especially and how even Jesus spoke to his disciples, it was that this would be a blessing to all nations, to all peoples, plural. Like there was this this thought of this is not just about me, but that nationalism and American, I guess, again, idealism says – you have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that yeah. all men are created equal, which obviously the Constitution goes on to say that certain men are three-fifths of a man. And then I was reading the judge, the the, the judicial decision from the Dred Scott case yeah. in one of the books I'm reading, and just reading what the Supreme Court Chief Justice said that – and this was in right before the Civil War in the 1850s. Literally, the man says, so the Supreme Court upholds to say, no, because a, a, a slave was had been living in a free state and was suing for his freedom because he technically was in a free state, thought he had, instead of the judge ruling on whether or not he had the right mm-hmm. because of living in a free state to be free, instead he ruled, because you're a black man, you are inferior to whites, and you do not, the, the, the law does not protect you because mm. you are not an American citizen. Mm. That's what he ruled. You're not, you're not a full human. So you don't get – this law doesn't protect you. Like it was devastating to right. the cause of abolition. I mean that's 1850. That's like 10 years before. I'm sorry. I remember the exact year. But you begin to realize he was already interpreting American constitutional thought right. based upon individual value and freedom. Right. You because I have of, it, you don't. Yep. Because of who you are, you don't get it. It wasn't about all. And so you see that had crept in somewhere out of enlightenment thinking, which brought a lot of good thoughts, but also brought a lot of individual thoughts that now freedom, like we're saying, freedom is now is, is not it's not about the collective good. Yeah. You know, uh, if you look at Jewish law, it's all about collective good. It's right. all about collective good. And and when you look at American law, it's now all about individual good. And protecting individual freedoms, and you know, you even look at it in the COVID thing. And I'm not, I'm not going pro mask or anti mask here, guys. I'm just saying. Here some, we go. Some people right now are saying it's my freedom and my right yeah. to not have to wear a mask if I don't want to. But it doesn't matter if you happen to be pre symptomatic, and you might infringe upon someone else's freedoms by not. So again, forget about the mask conversation. Yeah, I'm just pointing out where I where where defining yeah our individualism trumps yep. your yeah and i'm saying it's right yeah, or wrong yeah. it is an american it's the product of that individualism though it definitely yeah. is that that viewpoint is a product of individual whether you say it's good or bad uh i think there's a lot of things that have come from individualism but yeah there's that thing of like being part of a whole which is church culture really if you look at where, where it started yeah like and why it it is destined to conflict at some point yeah. With American culture, because it, you know, even though we have, you know, out of many one th- at some point, it's about the American dream, which is start a business, get a home, get rich, you know, protect yourself from all the bad things. Like that's really the American dream is insulation. 
it's not it's not community. You know what I'm saying? Like the dream is to be somewhere where the bad things can't get to you and you have so much money that you can just write a check and the problems go away. That's what we were taught. Right. And so this idea that, so yeah, so the church is, if you look at the real goal of the church, it's, it's the anterior. It's, it's about community. I think of it in terms of what I used to remember when I would read about Galileo, who was persecuted for thinking, daring to think that the, that the earth was not the center of the known universe and that the sun revolved around us. He instead looked through his telescope and saw tons of other things and he, he figured out that we were just a part of this system that revolved around something else. And it was an offensive thing to believe that. Yeah. You know, it was almost like he was a witch. He was accused of witchcraft for thinking that. It was so crazy because clearly we're the center of it. Right. And it's like when you realize you're not the center, even as we, we were talking about this, about how we're trying to move the conversation forward as uh, white people who have a voice because I don't want to just be silent. But there is a time to elevate voices of color, which I've tried to do. And instead of just being like, we should be the ones to decide how this conversation happens. Right. Like it's, thinking that we should lead the conversation. Yeah. That's a kind of, that's white privilege all its own. So it's like, I'm trying to tread that line and speak up when I can, but also listen. And it's hard. And I'm not sure. I'm sure I've made mistakes. Oh yeah. But, when, uh, but I'm, I'm, they come from a pure heart. I believe. I think they come from a pure place. You know, the great thing is everybody feels like they're coming from a pure heart. And the good news about the actual gospel, and I'm sorry that I'm sorry. I got to say that. The actual gospel that's a systemic and an individual gospel mm-hmm. that affects people as a whole. In fact, the whole, if you really look at the root of the language in it, the root of the language of the gospel is there's only one full commandment that encapsulates all the rest. And it's that it's not that you go to church and it's not that you pray more and all those things. Those are just disciplines upon top of this foundation. The foundation is it's all based upon a constant reflection upon do you really believe that Jesus radically loves you, likes you, cares for you, is on your side, like came to give his life so that you wouldn't have to, like would run 100,000 miles to save you, would leave the 99, like those mm-hmm. who suffer, those who struggle, that's a hard belief. Mm-hmm. And even so that's what Jesus came to proclaim if you go especially to the book of john all of his i am statements you know yeah i am this bread of life so that you won't hunger anymore i i am i am this water that you won't thirst anymore i am you know he, he just constantly i came that you might have life and it might be really really full I, I came not to condemn i came that you might have life and abundantly so it's it's just replete and it's the hardest thing to believe you'll spend your whole life the work of a disciple i believe starts there every mm-hmm. day i gotta start there again i don't believe that in myself, I like, it's like that. You talk about, somebody talk about sanctification. They use that image of yeah. somebody falling down. Falling going, down an up escalator. Yeah. yeah. They're they just, just, if you've ever seen that gif, it's so perfect. This guy's just, he trips at the beginning of stepping on and then begins to fall while being carried up. And he falls down for three minutes yep. as the escalator carries him up. And he finally gets to the top, but he's falling the whole time. <laughs> And you can't you can't take any credit for going up. Yeah. That's the whole point of the whole Jesus thing. In fact, the number one step, by the way, in Regen is that I have I have sinful patterns that I am, and this is very hard for me. I have sinful patterns that I am powerless to manage mm-hmm. or overcome under my own power. And the truth is, I don't really believe that because I'm pretty good. Right. You You're know, a good like, manager, and I'm I'm great at managing problems and mitigating problems and forecasting problems. And if you yeah. give me enough time, I'll work this out. And when you come to grips with what the Bible says in Romans seven, and that is that, if I, oh, 
they'd be so proud of me because I'm supposed to memorize this one. Romans seven eighteen says, for I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh, for I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. Hmm. So if we were to believe that, I have the desire, like I said, my heart's right, and yeah. whatever that means. It doesn't mean my heart's right, it just means I have a desire to do good, too, yeah. in addition to the bad that I have a desire to do. Right. There's a good thing in there. I don't have the ability, scripturally, to carry it out. Like, if you really take that, then that's, and I think that's part of the deal. If your Christianity is based upon this individual idea mm-hmm. that as long as I got good intentions, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to make, offend somebody. I didn't mean to be a Pharisee for a lot of my life. I didn't mean those things. Therefore, yeah. since I didn't mean them, they don't count. Like somewhere along the line, I started going, I don't have any of those things. I don't have any of those legs to stand on anymore. Yeah. And that was the most liberating thing, but we think it's going to kill us. It's the most liberating moment to go, I'm really not good. Like I was yeah. told my whole life I was a good guy. Like that's just a behavioral evaluation. Yeah. That's not, that's not a character, a true character evaluation. I might be well-behaved, you know, compared to others and all those things. I might have done good things, but we're talking about a different kind of goodness. And, like, there's freedom there to go, wow, the gospel as a whole of which, like you said, I'm revolving around something. I'm, I'm a lot smaller, and that's not bad news. If I'm so much smaller and God still found me that much, that valuable. And you're not in control of it. <laughs> no. That's the other part of it. Yeah. It's like, think about if you just, I mean, what are we, I can't remember how fast the the world is rotating right now. It's like thousands of miles per hour. Right. Like if you sat and thought about that, or if you sat and thought about, you've ta- we've talked about this before about if you sat and thought about how many breaths you need to breathe to stay alive. And you, if you ever start focusing on your breath, it's yeah. weird. You get this, it's almost like you can make yourself have a panic attack. Yeah. Don't forget to breathe. Don't forget to blink. Your eyes could dry out. Yeah. But you're not in control of it. It's involuntary. And like, that's what you have to think of when you think of like the systems of the gospel. It's like, I made this one little choice to accept and everything else is just, I'm being carried along and yeah. hopefully I'm upward and onward and forward. And you just, you know, but you do, I mean, I do believe you have to make, keep making the decision to keep following. Yeah. But this idea that like, I'm following better than you, yeah. like that is so, I, I mean, I think I believe that even if I didn't say it, I think I believed sure. that for a long time. No, absolutely. It's this like feeling of confidence in I guess the and again for two sixes I think we are not that you're gonna let me label you that I I'll take the test John confidence we need to read a book as we do the test because the test could be faulty but if you when we take comfort in the systems mm-hmm. and in, in like the ritual which I think a lot by the way probably forty percent they say some of people are sixes they take comfort in their loyalists and they take comfort in systems mm-hmm. and the kind of people you want in your team but they'll also call you to it if they think it's unjust all those things think about it man. Yeah, if I could just make sure I pray enough and read enough. And for me, it was like, I'm going to outrun sin with my knowledge. I'm going to outlearn it. I'm going to beat it. And I'm going to use all the things that God's given me that are good. And a lot of good came out of that in terms of learning. And I have access to scriptures. I'm glad I memorized. And all those things that are in me, God brings good out of it. Mm -hmm. But just constantly feeling separated. Not, I never believed God liked me. Yeah. Like he endured me. He had to love me because he's God. It was that kind of thing. And that's not a father relationship that we see scripturally where the real words are Abba. We take that and make it so like emotional, but it's really true. 
that he said that Jesus says to his disciples, look, as the father loves me, now the father loves you because of me. You have this access to the father like yeah. I have, you know, and like that's a that's so radical. And that's something you didn't do. You didn't go individually get there. That systemic realizing someone else initiated, someone else is spending, someone else is doing the work uh, that really matters. And you have a role, but it's not going to – I right now comfort Christians who feel I, – I read a post this morning, Johnny. Mm-hmm. We always say you don't want to get political. you know. And I'm going to just quote some things that it was said. It's from a Christian, and, and it said um, – it was some super offensive memes, by the way. One had a black hand holding a gun up against another black guy's head because it was talking about us focusing not yeah. on racism, but instead, what are we missing on black on black crime? Yeah. And the fact that we could repost that and not find it offensive, I don't care what color somebody is, to think that pointing a gun at somebody's head as a meme to make a point to try to prove that you don't need to look at racism. When you've gone there, I, I, I go, guys, yeah. you know, like that. And it was a kid, by the way. It was like a, it looked like a 15 year old with a gun to his head. Yeah. I don't, again, I'm just like, guys, you know, like that, that's when I've now lost my way a little bit, probably of even understanding that that's not political correctness. Right. <laughs> like that's not, I, I don't care who it is. You put my kid up there with a gun to their head, you're going to hear from me. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's somebody's kid. So, Stop it. Yeah, and you're using it to, to, to score political points or whatever. Right, to make a point. With people who already feel the same way you do. Like, yeah. nobody's ever changed their mind because of a meme. It's always yeah. about, like, finding who your tribe is so right. you can get more deeply entrenched in your own idea. Yep. Like, it's just a it's just an echo chamber at that point. And it's okay to have ideas, but if you... It is a great question. Great question. I had this conversation with uh, my mom the other day. It was great. She's like, that's good. Ask, ask yourself, join this question. And I, I invite all readers, or, or excuse me, listeners, and readers, go buy the book <laughs> and then ask yourself this question. Read the descriptions, though, because I write them. Yeah, Johnny's descriptions are really funny. <sighs> ask yourself this question. Yeah. When is the last time you changed your mind about something significant? If you really ponder that question for five minutes, mm-hmm. and you can't think of something major in life, history, politics, yeah. uh, a retelling of history... If you have not changed your mind in a long, long time about something significant, then realize that there may be something wrong with your learning uh, process. Mm-hmm. I don't know anybody who's a professor. I don't know anybody. Yeah, who's, think about science. It's all yeah. about disproving the last thing with your next new test. Yeah. This new, we made a hypothesis. We did the testing. Like they used to say that on Mythbusters, they would be like, catastrophic failure is still. A, it's a usable data. Yes. You know, we know now what doesn't work. Yeah. You know, the car crashed or whatever they, you right. know, the thing, the bomb didn't explode. That's usable data. And so, yeah, sometimes we don't, we're like, no, I'm still going to hold to my hypothesis. Because it hurts. Yeah, yeah. It hurts too bad to think I might've been wrong. Uh-huh. When I think God, the real gospel says being wrong is literally, it's the only condition by which you can come to Christ. Yeah. There's only one condition. You can't earn it. There's only one condition for repentance, if you want to use that scriptural term. Yeah. One condition is, is you got to admit that you need it. Like if you come like, yeah, I probably don't need this, but I, you know, insurance and make sure. Every, there's no heart like in that. Yeah. But when you come and go, wow, you know, like I, I don't get this. I'm broken. I have things I cannot. And, and it just sounds, people just think I sound guilty or whatever. Like I don't feel guilty about that. I feel 
that's the reality if you read the Bible of the gospel experience. And if I can't look back and say there's something in my life that I changed on, then I'm not growing. Yeah. Like I'm not growing. Maybe there's things that I haven't changed on, but there's some, not everything. We want to go to the extremes. There's some things I believed at childhood that are still true. And there are some things I believed in childhood that were childish. Mm-hmm. You know, and like it, and, and if I don't evaluate and allow other thoughts and processes, like the the idea of someone giving you an alternate viewpoint should not be offensive. It yeah. is the, it's called conversation. It's called dialogue. It is the very epicenter of the human experience. It's how your children learn because they think that junk food is all they should eat. Yeah. But you, if if but they're so offended that you can't tell them you should also have this. And they can never learn that for like, well, you know, right. he feels really strongly about his truth, you know, yeah. that junk food. Well, his truth, you know, there could be added to junk food has a place in his diet. It doesn't need to be where it is, you know. So anyway, I feel like that that was that last part was pointed at me. Johnny, I think, you know, why I've called you here. Uh, <laughs> how many years do I have to talk about this ketchup junk food? on the mashed potatoes, <laughs> but then I add fries. So I feel like that balances it out. It does. Yeah. It does. As long as you... <laughs> I call it a ketchup sandwich. And I You know, pick I can't eat up. sandwiches unless you warm it up. You got to put some oil on it. I will heat a sandwich. Some motor oil. I will heat a sandwich and eat it all day long. I don't know. I had the French dip for lunch and I enjoy the French dip. Yeah. And, uh, but then you, it's just a very, it's a messy, the dripping and the, but there's something about it. I don't know. You could have just eaten the sandwich and then drank the you drink au jus. The, that's true. You, you know, take a big bite of the sandwich and drink some onion soup or whatever the au jus is. I mean, what's the difference, really? You know? I don't know, John. We'll figure it I'm out. Breaking but. down all these societal thoughts about all of it, Johnny. Like, try oh. to have a hamburger in the morning. You're crazy. Okay. Sausage biscuit, totally normal. Do you know what I had for breakfast this morning? A hamburger? Worse. <laughs> you take a wild guess. Oh, you could guess it. Half a seconds. bag of pork rinds. No. I don't know, John. I had wings. You had wings for breakfast? Yeah. I'll tell you why. It's Thursday. Everybody listen. I'm going to tell you about a restaurant oh, in the Hermitage Not a area. sponsor. Not a sponsor. But if you live in the Nashville area, there's a restaurant called JB's Poor House. P-O-U-R. John. Oh, okay. It's a homonym. It's a play on words. Or a Poor meaning booze. A drink as well. <laughs> and they have, that's where Sadie's uh, Beach Courts are. So we're over there all the time. Yeah. Thursday night, 60 cent wing night. See so right there. She's playing volleyball out front. You're playing uh, Kenny Loggins soundtrack, just like in the Top Gun, playing with the boys. Yeah. Except it's with the girls. Yeah. Take the shirt off, look just like Tom Cruise. Then you do some weird high five move with Laura. Right, right. Actually, she doesn't have volleyball on Thursdays usually. Uh, I just drive over there to get how many wings? Do you want to know how many? I think you've told me before how many you order at a time. <laughs> Isn't it like 70? I get 70 wings. That's crazy. I get 70 wings for like $35. Johnny, listen. That's almost 50 cents each. Yeah, for some reason, I feel like I get it less than 60. But they know me. They'll be like, hey, Mr. Driver, are you getting 70 tonight? Like they know when I call. So They call you Mr. 70. I'll go. Is that's got to be a record, right? For a one person, you're like, "Hey, how was the big pool party?" And you're like, "There was no party. I sat. I am the pool party. I sat alone and stared into the abyss while I ate seventy chicken wings." So here's why. All right, I get seventy wings. So yeah. first of all, there are four of us in our house. Yes. Okay. So we eat the wings on mm-hmm. um, Wednesday night. Sorry, Thursday night, mm-hmm. and then. I eat off of that pack of wings for the next week. But reheated wings aren't as good. What are you reheating? I mean, are you eating air fryer? What are you doing? Air fryer. Air fryer. And they're just like they renew, Johnny. Okay. 
You put them in there, crisp them right up a little bit. It's so good. So this morning, though, I had not eaten as many over the course, but I ended up having like five lunches out of it. So I spend like 50 bucks probably total after sure, tax. Sure, And I eat probably six meals off of it. But you could just get a normal human amount of wings and then just go back. I don't want to go back. It's another side of town. Like, Why not get 140 then, during, John? During the quarantine, this is great because I can go Going go good in my 320. Uh, the normal order, the standing order no. of 320 wings. Now I'm being ridiculous. We have all of 70 these. 70 wings, John. We have all of these traditions, though, during the quarantine, especially okay. like it's it's wing night with, with my mom, my daughter, and my wife. We all enjoy that, and yeah. we kind of get excited. So right. I, and, and sometimes Laura will ride with me. We get a drive. We love to drive and talk. It's we'll true. Go Driving, there. going out for a drive oh. has really come back during Corona. Have you noticed that? Oh, it's, it's awesome. It's like uh, somebody did a video about that. It's like, we're all dogs now. You want to go for a ride? We're like, yeah, we'll go for a ride. You want to go for a walk? <laughs> I'd love to go for a walk. We get so excited. <laughs> you jingle the keys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> walkies, walkies. Oh, I was like, hey, honey, you want to ride with me? Yes, please. Like, you know, she's finishing up a call or whatever. So yeah, so I so but this morning I had a few extra Largos. We're throwing those out because we're getting new wings tonight, right? I was like, throwing them out? They're still Throwing good. them in my gullet. And so I did. I, out of principle, put a bunch of wings into the microwave. Not even the air fryer. It was too uh, early to get it out. And I ate wings for breakfast. It's just, wow, Johnny, what's the big deal? It's just... It's, I would never judge you, John. There's no difference. Because I feel like the system by which I would have judged you yeah, earlier... It's been broken down. I've learned... Mm-hmm. You changed your a, mind. It's a broken system. Yeah. And I stand with you against my anti-wing Brothers and sisters, right? Who I listen. I would agree with you on nine things out of ten, but this is where we part ways. Yeah. Wings for breakfast are okay with me because why not, Johnny? Why? Why have we been told wings can only? It's be just spicy chicken in the morning. You chicken. would have a spicy chicken biscuit. It's just chicken. If you go to, if you go to Chick Fil A, you're like, we can't eat chicken for breakfast. It's a lot of buffalo sauce for the morning, though. If you're talking about your normal morning constitution, have you ever ha- <laughs> your habits? Your consti- speaking your- of constitution. <laughs> How did that word get hung up with with bathroom? I love that. Your morning constitution is a whole different thing. I heard the British say that your morning constitutionals. That's even oh, constitutionals. Okay, after you take your vitamins, right? Vitamins and constitutionals, and we're going to cross this. Set your schedule for the day. Careen into this crevasse. Oh, (laughs) no, you don't want to do that. Yeah. So (laughs) while you're doing your constitutional, (laughs) yeah, I don't know how the the buffalo they weren't. Highly spicy. Yes, but you know you can have a Bloody Mary, which is a spicy well, tomato drink. Sauce affects some more than others, and I think you've just your all your senses are numb now from all the keto. So like buffalo sauce just is like candy now to you. Yeah, I can it's have not spicy. Yeah, yeah. It's not spicy, but you again you drink a spicy tomato drink called a Bloody Mary for breakfast. You can get that. That that's a normal thing. So how come that's not with the Worcestershire sauce in it? Like that's true. How do you? Why do people think that that's normal? Well, it could bring me some spicy tomato juice for breakfast. You know what I'm saying, uh-huh. Johnny? Uh huh. Man, let me tell you, we're changing the world. Eat wings for breakfast, and and then change your mind. We about need other to get things. the poorhouse as a sponsor. I think then you, you could get your seventy wings. Gratis. Oh my gosh. What if I agreed to every time we record the podcast, you and I will eat wings, wings and talk about how good they are. There used to be a comedy show in Nashville called Comedy Cataclysm, and it was at uh, Prince's Hot Chicken. Oh, and wow. the thing was, you'd eat hot chicken and then go up and do comedy Ooh. with no water. Ooh. And so it would change. They would just see how it affected your delivery of the comedy. Did you ever have Prince's? Mm-mm. Okay. So, I've had Hattie B's, though. So when I, here's what's funny. So I grew up in not the best part of Nashville. Yeah. And we used to go bowling mm-hmm. in a really not great part of Nashville where uh, 
Prince's Hot Chicken was. The, the original. Yeah. And like it was a, when you say a hole in the wall, like oh, yeah, it, was, yeah. it was, you know, it's right next to the bowling alley. So I've been there my whole life. I never had Prince's Hot Chicken. Like I remember yeah. being at that bowling alley one night. I remember a car was running out front. I watched the guy walk up with a tire iron and smash the back windshield out. Yeah, and you're like, this window. isn't the best place. I was like, yeah. So with that, but that's just was normal. I'll take my chicken to go, please. It was normal, you know. I mean, that was <laughs> that was where we grew up, you know. And, and you just, you know, it, there was just, there was, you know, stuff happening that side. Of, yeah. that's, that was our side of town. Like it yeah. was, you know, it's just, okay, you know, just be smart and stay safe. And so um, when I moved back, after college, a guy from church took me to Princess. I was like, guys, this is next door to where I grew up, right. literally. And I ate hot chicken. Maybe yeah. the mild, because I like hot uh-huh. chili and all that back then, especially. Right. Dude, never again. Set you up. Oh. Set you on fire. Oh, and it's not, and listen, I don't mean to be graphic. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you something. It hurts. It's what comes out of a man that defiles him. I'll, That's I'll scripture. I'll tell you that. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it hurt all around, if you know what I mean. Uh-huh. For days. Ring of fire. Yeah. Like, I can't... <laughs> <laughs> I can't like it was not enjoyable. No. Like I just like I don't know why finish. Yeah. that we label our entire city after think, this piece of chicken. Well, this is it's painful. Yeah, I don't know. It's truly painful. It's like people yeah, people some people love spicy stuff. I get Hattie B's, but I got the like honey barbecue that's like more chipotle. It's it's milder. It's got a warmth to it, but it doesn't like this is gonna ruin my night. Like, it, it ruined a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, I don't, I don't, and I know. Listen, I'm, I'm you guys know I'm, I'm super masculine. Everyone yeah. knows. That. Oh yeah, yeah. But even then, I was like, man, this is not fun. Like when food hurts, uh-huh. when it hurts in your mouth, it t- you can't taste anything else for. Right. I just, I don't get it. I don't get it, Johnny. Well, I don't know. You're doing the right thing though. You're starting with the chicken wings, and you work your way up. One day. Princes for breakfast, <laughs> just to kick off the day. Well, there would be your constitutionals. That would yeah, take, yeah. would be. You would like, be. I'm yeah. not. Yeah, I'm not going to be around people the rest of the day. I'm going to do a princess hot chicken, hot chicken cleanse. That's what we need to yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. We're going to only it is eat a cleanse it for yeah. like a couple days. And like, I had a joke one time where it was like that. It was like a one liner. It was something like, uh, "Have you ever noticed that I'm on a juice cleanse?" Sounds a lot like I'm going to lose friends. <laughs> It's true. Yeah. If you know somebody on Juice Cleanse, it's they're yeah. pretty insufferable because they talk about it every five minutes. And they, Sadie has a real big sweet tooth, and she is also cooking. She made homemade cupcakes twice. Yeah, over the weekend. Okay, like made her own. That's not going to help any. Made her own. Those like, are those uh, are bad for you. Her own icing, like from scratch. Like she's really good in the kitchen, and so she eats. She loves sweets. She woke up the other morning, came out. I was out in my, on the deck doing some morning stuff. She came out and said, "Dad." I think I want to do a juice cleanse. Okay. And I said, okay. And she was like, she doesn't eat enough food as it is. Mm -hmm. And she eats a lot of sweets. Yeah, what is she cleansing of? When I really got down to it, with Uh her mind, she knows she needs more vegetables. So she's going to blend them up. Right. And drink them. Uh Almost like to have a net effect to offset all of the other sugar she's not going to stop eating. Yeah. So it was very much like a... I'm, I'm gonna not going to stop eating the sugar. Right. I'm just going to add vegetables to it. It's like, I'm not sure you understand the cleanse part. Like, Which no. is kind of what the green smoothies are because you have to sweeten them up to make them... Yeah. You know, if you see a green smoothie and they're like, what's in this that makes me be able to palate this? They go, oh, it's got pear juice. And you're like, well, that's not... Right, tons of sugar. Or right. apple juice or whatever. Yeah. They make it to where you... Because if you just drank green... Yeah. You gag, right? Somebody's yelling Somebody's right now. Do, somebody can do it, but I'm telling you, every green drink I've ever had, there was a sweetness to it because they've added some kind of, we're going to make this edible to you. Do you ever have wheatgrass? Oh, yeah. Remember we had uh, Kiva juice? Kiva juice. They give you the wheatgrass shots. And it's yep. like you just went out to your yard and grabbed and, a handful yep, of grass. You just literally drank grass. Like they cut it. Remember they had it growing. Uh-huh. They cut it. Blend it up. But I will say this. 
it was like I remember. I think it was to sell the the smoothies because you go, you go. I need something to get the taste out of my mouth. They go large peach slice plus coming up, and then they charge you twelve dollars for that. And you're just like, right. I'll pay anything to get this out of my mouth. Well, it was the guy who mowed grass my whole life. I was used to the taste of grass a little yeah. bit. I was like, this is literally it's very familiar. Grass. Yeah, it brought you back. But I will say this: I remember they said it will. It's almost. Um, um, it's almost like melatonin or something. Okay. In it. It was supposed to make you sleep better. Yeah. I remember one time a Sunday, a bunch of, I don't know, we, we went with some kids or something, still youth pastors, uh-huh. and went and got it, and I had a shot of wheatgrass. All right. And I went home and, like, fell asleep like a dead guy. Really? Like, yeah. Like, I couldn't, right. I couldn't wake up. Like, it was like, oh, my gosh. It, like, set my... Maybe that's why cow tipping is so easy. I need... <laughs> These cows... Think about it. They're already They're a little out. bit out of it. You walk up, boom, give them a shove. They're wow. like, thank you. I needed. I'm tired of standing. Wow. Don't you wish you could sleep standing up like a cow? How do you know I don't? <laughs> it's true. I've never I've never seen you in a cow. Well, we've shared hotel rooms before, though. No, you don't sleep at all. No, I you just night terrors. Night, like, the funniest night terror, we're going we're to get off the air. The funniest night terror we probably talked before is you and I. Yeah. Well, there's two. One, we were in Panama. We've been digging in a hole all week. Yeah. And we were digging a latrine that was like, it went eight feet deep and it was like four foot by six foot wide. And we're in this hole. I think we ended up digging it like 12. I don't know, but we we were were so far in, you had to get a ladder. You had to get get help to get out of it. Yeah. And we've been sick all week. And so we finally went to this hotel to go home Mm -hmm. the next day. And you woke up and said, John, are you in here with me? Right. Which we're in a hotel room. I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, dummy. Yeah. <laughs> and in your mind, we were in the hole. When I looked up and opened my eyes, the night terror was that we were in the hole. And I was looking around. It was just dirt everywhere, mud. And I just was looking. And then the only thing that pulled me out of it, because you were like, yeah, I'm here with you. And I was like, oh, no. I said, oh, no. I felt so bad that you were with me. And then I remember scanning the walls. It was like dirt, 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 flat screen television, <laughs> mud, dirt. And I was like, that's weird. And that's what pulled me out of it was the hotel room had a TV on the wall. And I was like, well, that doesn't seem, wow, that doesn't fit. That's a nice And the other hole. night terror I had with you in the room, I've had several. Well, no, there's two other ones. One was I triggered you because I saw a Andrew plane, I it. saw fire coming out of the outlet yeah. in our hotel room. I was dreaming about a, a fire happening and I saw it. Like you open your eyes, but it's still happening. The dream is still happening. And I can't remember what I said. And it's on fire. And you were like, what? Like you believed it. Like you were like, I made yeah. you think like something was going on. No, I did. I, I just didn't say what. Yeah. I was like, get it, get it. Like it was like a, it yeah. was a something. You and were ready. Whatever you had eaten or drank the you night got before, me to believe you, it I got was you in, in on it. Yeah. And Andrew was in there and heard that. I blame the wind. And another one, Andrew was in there and you woke up. Oh yeah. Screaming. I thought somebody was coming at me. <laughs> Somebody was standing over me. But I was laying said, in bed, and John Kerry said that I said, "Poke him, <laughs> poke him." Like maybe, maybe I thought somebody had a spear, uh, punch him or something. But no, nope. poke, poke him. him, poke him. Like somebody had a fireplace poker in my scenario. Well, you wanted us to poke him. Yeah, I, Liz, I take no responsibility. It, if somebody <laughs> is standing at the foot of my bed, I'm going to need you to poke him. <laughs> I'm not. <sighs> that was a very funny moment. He's, th- th- I still, I got tears right now. Like you've oh, made me cry geez. laughing. Oh my God. Poke him. And I think I was like, yeah, get him. Like I was like, like you, you pull me into I think him. I figured out that using my inhaler for asthma before I go to sleep at night was what was causing those oh, wow. night tears because it gets you kind of your, everything's dilated, your bronchial tubes. And there's some kind of, uh, your heart rate goes up a little bit. 
And I think I read some studies on that that like if you can avoid it, don't use your inhaler right before you go to sleep well, because it can cause you to have you're more likely to have yeah. night terrors if you're prone to them. Huh. So they're more under control now. Of course, I'm eating better, somewhat better now. I'm a little healthier now, but yeah, poke him, poke him, guys. Yeah, hey, we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, thanks to all of you. Find uh, us on Facebook and poke up. Uh, <laughs> can you still poke people on Facebook? It doesn't make any sense. I never got, I never got into all the whole. No, he waved, Farkle he and waved at you. You know, yeah. I'm like oh my god, I don't know what to do with this. I'm you sorry. Just, yeah, I'm sorry if we never waved back. Just send me a message or something. Here's so. how you can wave. Leave a review. That helps the algorithm because people find us and find the show, which people are doing now, which is really great. Yeah. Leave that review. If you have a question, we answered a question last week. If you have a question for us or a topic you know you want us to cover, yeah. and if we decide it's not going to cost us listeners, we'll cover <laughs> that topic <laughs> in depth yeah. and give our dumb opinions. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and again, I do encourage you right now. Um, you can check out our social media. There's some some things that we're retweeting. Like if you want to know some authors that we're reading right now, yeah. uh, and, and other people we're listening to, to learn, especially in the current conversation about racism, uh, go back if you haven't listened to our interview with Reggie Dabbs from two weeks ago, uh, uh, and he's going on some other podcasts right now. We're actually working on some articles and book stuff together. Yeah, but, definitely check out yeah. Reggie and follow him. He's yeah. making he's been making some huge inroads right now, and and lending his voice to some cool stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and you can always follow, obviously, personally as well, Johnny. And Johnny's putting out funny content all the time. And uh, you're very witty, Thank Johnny. you. Very Thank witty. you, John. Oh, yeah. So uh, check him out and check us out. Uh, go to talkaboutthatpodcast.com and you can find all the platforms there, whether they be Apple or yeah. it be Spotify, uh-huh. whether it be... Any episodes are archived there. You can yep. play them from the app as well, or pl- from the website. Yep. And so leave reviews. Uh, we see those. They actually really, really help a lot. Get a friend to leave a review. And uh, we appreciate you guys, in all honesty, allowing us, you know, we're on the same journey you're on, you know, and, and figuring out some things. I have had some friends tell me that having these kinds of long-term conversations has helped them to not be so reactive yeah. to the issue, but to think broader. Like, right. hey, you know, we're two friends who don't agree on everything, though. Sometimes it sounds like we do. I get it. But yeah. we've also talked a lot off the air, you know. Yeah. And so we're it's, it's okay to be uncomfortable and to learn. And our goal has not ever been to, like, be offensive in that. It's to have the kind of dialogue we think actually leads to growth and maturity right. to continue ourselves. Because a hundred things we're talking about are things we didn't necessarily ascribe to fully two years ago. But, you know, we're learning and growing. So thank you guys for being malleable and open to in, not just enduring that, but allowing that same process in you. We think that's that's one of the ways that we grow. So it means a lot. And uh, anything you want to add, Johnny, to that? I don't. I think it's cool. And I think that's what's great, great about a podcast is, like you said, with like a tweet or a social media post, it's like oh, there's a limit to it and you can just you're trying to get to the point but you can't really expound on it and say well this is what i meant by this or let's give this context whereas with a podcast format it's way easier to get the full story yeah you know so that that helps absolutely so hey thanks for being a part of it with us it's a journey it's fun and uh, we're glad you're on board with us so we'll see you next week on talk about that
Hey friend, I'm Brooke McLaughlin, host of the Everyday Prayers Podcast, a ministry of Million Praying Moms, and I'm here to invite you to partner with God for the hearts of your children on the daily. Our goal at Everyday Prayers is to help moms understand and pray God's Word. Join us each weekday as we share insights from God's Word for today's Christian mom. Tune in to the Everyday Prayers Podcast in your favorite app or by visiting lifeaudio.com.